Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked on Wolves. This is the post-game podcast from a difficult Timberwolves play-in loss. Frankly, a gut punch for the Wolves. Playing shorthanded, playing well, leading double figures. Cat, huge first half. Ant, an awful game. There's so many storylines here. Mike Conley, fantastic. Uh, great down the stretch. We'll talk about what the Lakers did to limit Carl Anthony Towns. What the, I guess, the, the most impressive thing about the Bulls' performance is also what happened down the stretch. We'll also, of course, do individual studs and duds. It could be a bit polarizing here today, uh, but we'll cover it all on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NBA60 and use code NBA60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. The Timberwolves lost in the playing game late Tuesday night to the LA Lakers. This is the postgame podcast. We'll break down everything from Cat's great first half, his non-existent, fourth quarter in overtime, Ant's really poor game, Timberwolves bad offense, Conley's great game, clutch moments, what the Lakers did to limit Cat. There's so much to get to in this one. Um, And there's so many different directions we could take this. So I want to kind of tick off like the biggest takeaways from the game. We will get to individual studs and duds later because we had some Wolves players that really outperformed expectations or, or did at least exactly what they needed to do for the Wolves to win this game. We had some Wolves players that really struggled in this one as well. A big thank you, first of all, for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and it's free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. And also at my account, which is at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. So, obviously, coming into this game, the Timberwolves were going to be behind the eight ball. Everyone knows no Nas Reed. Everyone knows no Jaden McDaniels with the broken hand. And no Rudy Gobert for Tuesday due to the team imposed suspension after the Kyle Anderson, we'll call it a kerfluffle on Sunday. So the Wolves are shorthanded. And I, I talked on the show that I did with the Kamenitsky brothers of Lockdown Lakers on Tuesday. Um, we talked a little, they asked me what I thought the Wolves would do, like what the biggest issue with Gobert you know, missing would be. And I thought it was depth in the front court. I thought the Wolves would maybe play Nate Knight at the five a little bit, but I thought more likely they'd play a lot more Kyle Anderson at the five. That's exactly what happened is Nate Knight played two uh, I'll say uneven minutes in the first half. They did not go well. Uh, I think it was late. Uh, no, it was like middle first quarter, actually, because Cat had an early break. And then second half, it was all Kyle Anderson at the five. In fact, all five starters for the Wolves played at least 41 minutes in this game. Um, so to me, a lot of the issues in this game actually do go back to the lack of front court depth. And I know that seems kind of crazy 
when you still limit the Lakers to 108 points and, and LA shot, what, 41% from the floor. Yeah, they got to the line a bunch. We will talk about that. Um, but the lack of front court depth really limited what the Wolves could do lineup wise. Uh, they have so many flexible, versatile players, Kyle Anderson being one of them, but the minutes with him at center generally did not go great. Um, and, and there was a little bit of, it was mostly second half. In fact, I, uh, there was a little bit of it second quarter, I guess, too. Um, and Kyle Anderson was good overall in this game. He had 13 assists, four steals, four blocks, but was a bit miscast. The Wolves played too small. They were at minus 11 on the glass, gave up 12 offensive rebounds. It was one of my keys to the game was trying to keep the Lakers off the offensive glass and also off the free throw line. They didn't do either. Um, the Lakers, again, 12 offensive rebounds. In terms of second chance points, uh, the Lakers won that category easily as well. The Lakers won points in the paint, 54 to 36 in this game. And again, this is a team that is number two in free throw rate league-wide, the Lakers are. And they, let's see, number two in free throw rate. They're only 20th in offensive rebound rate. So I didn't think, like, I actually thought the rebounding thing, the Wolves would have a shot at making this a wash. But because of the lack of size with no Rigo Barrett, who, by the way, has generally played well, you know, other than struggling a bit with Anthony Davis, but a lot of people do, right? Rudy's played well against the Lakers, and his him missing is a bigger deal against a team like the Lakers than it was against a team like the Pelicans on Sunday. And that's another thing I covered with the Kamenitsky brothers on Tuesday is Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum want to want to mid-range you to death when you're playing drop coverage. And, and that's why in the second half, the Wolves played pretty well against the Pelicans without Rudy on the floor. The Lakers want to get downhill, get to the paint whether it's Austin Reeves lowering his shoulder and getting into the paint and doing whatever it is he does, you know, pushing off and not getting called for it, and or it's LeBron doing the same thing, or Anthony Davis trying to be physical. Um, and you miss a presence like Rudy Gobert against a team like the Lakers. And I, I know the Wolves played well defensively, and I know they were in position to win, and I know they were up 15, and this conversation would probably not be happening in this way. It wouldn't be happening in this way if the Wolves had held on to win. But missing Rudy Gobert mattered in this game. And we could talk about offensive spacing. We could talk about offensive issues with Rudy on the floor because there have been some for a lot of the season, right? The Wolves finished, what, like 24th in offensive rating? The offense has been uneven all season. But they scored no points in the last six minutes uh, of, of regulation, minus the Conley free throws with 0.1 seconds left. They had no field goals in the last six minutes of regulation. Carlton Towns attempted two shots in the fourth quarter and overtime combined. So we can complain about the offense with Rudy Gobert, and sure, the defense was good in this game overall without Rudy Gobert, but the paint defense suffered, again, a minus 18 in the paint for the Wolves in this game. They gave up 24 free throws and only attempted 15 free throws of their own. The issues in the paint, the lack of rebounding, we can point at the absence of Rudy Gobert. And, and we can also you know, blame Rudy for his actions on Sunday if we want to, sure. Uh, but the point is, his presence would have made a difference in those areas. And that actually, to me, is one of the bigger takeaways from this game. And there's, a, again, plenty of ways I could take this. There's so many storylines for this one, and we're going to get to many of them. And I, we covered many of them with Marnie on the live postcast after the game. Um, I, well, I guess early Wednesday morning as well, which is the last episode on this audio feed. If you're listening, uh, wherever you're listening, you can listen to that postcast still with Marnie if you haven't yet, or you can watch it on Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube. But um, to me, one of the biggest things is Rudy Gobert's absence, hurting the Wolves, interior defense, the number of free throw attempts the Lakers got, and uh, obviously second chance opportunities, points in the paint. All of that is connected 
And Rudy Gobert impacts all of that. Also, the foul trouble for Carl Anthony Towns because Cat actually played pretty well defensively in the first half. And actually, let's take this time to talk about Carl Anthony Towns, but I want to start with his defense. Cat was very good defensively in the first half of this game. He had a couple help side blocks. He had some really good contests, a couple that, you know, Lakers made shots, but they were actually like legit contests. Cat does this thing. He did it a bunch the last several years. And I saw it actually once on Sunday against the Pelicans, but it's notable because he doesn't do it as much anymore where he's like three quarters of a step late and he still kind of feigns the like, hey, I'm trying to block the shot when it's way too late. And it just highlights the fact that he was late on the rotation. Uh, it has the opposite, I think, intended effect for what he's he's going for. Um, that didn't happen in this game. Like he was pretty on point defensively, but then in the second half, you could see him letting up and he needed to because he was goaded into his fourth and fifth fouls by LeBron and then AD respectively. You know, LeBron kind of go to that fourth foul, which was a foul. It was frustrating because, you know, it wasn't a foul all game, but it was in that moment. And then the Anthony Davis foul, same thing, but it's the sort of thing that happens on every single rebound at almost every single level of basketball. Um, but it often isn't called, except for Anthony Davis fell over in that instance, and so Towns was called for the foul. Again, letter of the law, it's a foul. That's not the point here. But anyway, you could see Carl Anthony Towns letting up, whether it be on the offensive glass or a couple of opportunities where we'd maybe see him take a second swipe at a, a ball that wasn't completely secured by the Lakers, but he held off wisely because of the foul trouble, or on the defensive glass or help defense that was a half step late. We saw that because of the foul trouble, which again, we can in part draw a line to the absence of Rudy Gobert um, for why that is. But the point here is how good Cat was early in this game on both ends of the floor. I want to talk about his offense next. We'll talk about some of the stuff down the stretch and we'll talk a little bit more about the officiating. I don't want to talk too much about it because we're talking about a Minnesota Timberwolves team that scored, had zero field goals in the last half of the fourth quarter. The Wolves had nine points in the fourth quarter until the Conley free throws with 0.1 seconds left. So that, to me, is the other thing that's, that's of course, the the subhead here after the, the Gobert absence and, and the impact that have on it, had on things for the Wolves. I do want to talk about that putrid offense late. I do want to talk about the officiating. I do want to talk about Towns disappearing and, of course, Anthony Edwards and individual studs and duds. We're going to get to all that here in just a moment. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is the coolest game that I've played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a great NBA GM, but as it turns out, it really is not all that easy. If you've had the same thought and have fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise, go and download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for everything from dealing with challenging personalities, topical for Wolves fans, players, coaches, etc. You also have to hire the right coaches and assistants also maybe a topic of conversation for Wolves fans right now. Trading and training players, making draft picks or trading your draft picks. Very topical for Wolves fans. Navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft and all the ups and downs of multiple seasons. You can play all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Uh, there's a Lockdown NBA host league and you can bet that is extremely competitive. It is playoff time after all. Lockdown Wolves listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN in the game store. Make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. If you're watching on YouTube, you can scan the code right here, or you can look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. 
All right, we got to talk more about Carl Anthony Towns because he was legit fantastic in the first half. Um, and I, I, against my better judgment, tweeted something about, like, you know, I don't know, something effective. Carl Anthony Towns is one of the least talked about, most maligned all, multi-all-NBA team players in the entire league. And, and that's another thing I talked about on the crossover with Lockdown Lakers on Tuesday is, uh, like, I don't know, nationally, nobody seems to like or, or at least want to talk about Carl Anthony Towns. And the first half, Carl, like, for, that was one of the better halves we've seen Towns play, certainly when you factor in the magnitude of the game, the stage, the, 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 the factors of no Rudy, no McDaniels, no Nas, the whole thing. Uh, but, like, he was really good. Like, perfect from the floor, picking his spots perfectly. The crazy passing was actually not crazy. It was very accurate passing. Um, the defense was good, as I mentioned a minute ago. Uh, just really good. Like, the whole, the whole arsenal was on display. And he was the reason the Wolves were up, what was it, 11 at halftime. Because Anthony Edwards was, we'll talk about Ant, he was not good in this game. And as good as like Mike Conley was early, I think he was also perfect from the field at half, by halftime. Um, but Towns was phenomenal. And I do want to give him his due for that. Because I don't want this to turn into like, I'm not blaming Towns for what happened in the second half, but I do want to talk about what I saw with the Wolves' stagnant offense. And and I, I should say, I'm recording this like right after the game. I've not rewatched anything you know, outside of a couple plays back, like, you know, on the DVR watching the game live. So, but my takeaways in the moment were that the Lakers were daring Towns to try and be more physical than he wanted to be. They were also daring him to go baseline and he was unwilling to do it. And, and Towns doesn't go baseline a ton, especially from the, you know, from the mid post, he doesn't end up in the corners much. So he's not driving baseline often. Um, but he was unwilling. Like the Lakers were shading him to the middle of the floor and bringing help almost like a, uh, I mean, like they're basically playing him. We've seen teams do this to Ant, right? Loading up and playing with one and a half. And it's one of the reasons why I like Cat at the elbows so much or at the nail is because you can't really double him. The Lakers weren't straight doubling him much unless he backed down to, you know, near the low box and then they would bring a, a true double but they were kind of shading his way with, with one and a half guys and another layer. And, and Towns made some nice passes, some good skip passes. But he wasn't quite aggressive enough. And, and I credit him in the sense that he's so foul prone. And he led the league last year in terms of percentage of his personal fouls that were offensive fouls in, instead of defensive fouls. Like He averaged like almost two offensive fouls a game, which is insane. And he was clearly worried about that. It was on his mind. And... You know, that's good to an extent, but he was a little, it took the foot off the gas a little too much in a game where Anthony Edwards was, I don't want to pile on. I mean, obviously, Ant was injured. He fell on his shoulder and, and you know, didn't seem to be 100%. But, like, Ant was not going to do anything significant in the half court to, to help the Wolves win this game. Cat, they needed a little more from him down the stretch. And by down the stretch, I mean, like, basically the entire fourth quarter after he came in back in with the five fouls and then also in overtime. Again, I'll, I'll repeat this. Fourth quarter and overtime combined, Carl Anthony Towns attempted two field goals. Not entirely his fault and a huge credit to the Lakers defensively who, uh, you know, haven't been good defensively lately, but, but you know, have been a good defensive team for stretches this season. But the other thing, going back to him not going baseline, like he could have spun baseline 
He could have, you know, anytime he backed down, you know, he probably could have backed anyone down because the Lakers would have brought a double. Um, but if Towns spins baseline and it goes that way, like you, you got a shot. I mean, we saw him hit that fall away from the baseline in the first half uh, over Anthony Davis. And I'm not saying the turnaround jumper is the move every time, but you got to counter what the Lakers are doing. And Towns took his foot off the gas just a little bit too much. Ant wasn't able to give the Wolves anything. Kyle Anderson and Mike Conley did what they could from a creation standpoint. The other thing is, is late in the game, it was just a lot of Ant handling cat face-ups and, and cat refusing to really truly take anybody off the dribble. Ant had one drive in overtime when it looked like it should have been the sixth foul on LeBron and they didn't call it. Besides that, I can't think of any good Ant attacks uh, besides a couple of dunks in the in, in uh, the open floor in, in transition late. I, I should say late in the game. There were a couple early. But Ant shot what? Uh... Four, excuse me, uh, three of 17 overall, 0 of nine from outside the arc. So he was three of eight on two point attempts. I believe both the one was a lay in, one was a dunk. Um, 0 of nine outside the arc. Ant was settling a bit too much throughout. And then late in the game, it was like, hey, the Lakers are loading up on Cat. And if Ant saw a little bit of space, he was shooting. But he was also tentative. It was very weird to see Anthony Edwards as tentative as he was. Um, so the combination of cat foul trouble, the Lakers defensive adjustments, cats inability to, to stay, I shouldn't say inability, unwillingness to stay aggressive is unwillingness to go baseline, to try and do something a little bit different. And, uh, the rest of the wolves just suddenly being completely stagnant. We've seen this so often this season. It's so confusing from a team with an offensive coach, with a coach who's so well regarded in terms of being an offensive mind with Chris Finch. And Finch has often talked about his offenses having guard, putting guardrails. You know, these guys are, I'm paraphrasing, actually, I don't you know if, if the, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but, you know, Finch basically, his philosophy is like, hey, these guys are pros. They know how to play basketball. We want this to be a free-flowing offense with guardrails, right? He's said guardrails plenty of times. And the Wolves, like, ran no sets late in this game. They ran some really great stuff early. Early in the third quarter, they had this awesome play where it was like a high screen and roll. Cat kind of acted like he was going to go down into the mid post and, and they were going to toss him the ball. And instead, he ran to the left sideline, to or really to the left corner, just below the break. Awesome flare screen for Mike Conley. Towns pops out. I think that was the last three he made in this game, um, or seconds to last, maybe. Just stuff like that, that like you could do ATOs, you could do them after you call a timeout, you could do it after a break in the action, but the actual half-court offense wasn't flowing. And then Mike Conley, after playing so well in this game and finishing second on the Wolves and scoring with 23, like he was basically non-existent within the offense in the fourth quarter and overtime. He wasn't really even initiating offense, not that he does all that much anyway, but for a guy who shot 7 of 11 from the floor was the best player on the floor not named Carl Anthony Towns in a Wolves uniform easily. Like those two guys were clearly the two best players on the floor for the Wolves and he was just not a part of the offense down the stretch. So I it, it's funny because not funny but I don't know it is because I thought Finch actually coached a really good game. I thought the substitution patterns were generally strong given the circumstances, given who he had available, given the um, the foul trouble. And I thought the timeout usage was actually really good too. My only real beef was that there was no, there's no, without calling a timeout and getting the right play call in ATO, 
the Wolves don't have anything they can go to. They don't have like an old faithful set. You know, with Ryan Saunders, I'm not at all suggesting Ryan Saunders is a better head coach than Chris Finch in right now in 2023. Um, but, you know, if a, a Ryan Saunders or a Flip Saunders coach team would call a play, a set play almost every time down the floor after a make, right? Like that was just what they did. I don't think the Wolves need to do that. But Finch is, is completely the other direction. And it's worked a little to an extent with Mike Conley because Conley can and Kyle Anderson, because these guys generally are high IQ basketball players. They know how to operate an offense. They know how to facilitate for others, for teammates. But sometimes it devolves into it's a little too much pickup, a little, you know, too little uh, structure. And that happened in the in the fourth quarter in overtime. And, and we always talk about playoff basketball, crunch time, things slow down. And in this game, they slowed down to the point where it was Ant, who frankly didn't seem like he had a prayer making a jumper. It was Cat only attempting two shots, one three, one mid-range jumper over the fourth quarter in overtime. It was Conley barely being involved. And uh, the Wolves just kind of being stuck on 95 points for what seemed like an eternity. And plus, their only buckets in overtime were, I think they were both Ant lay-ins. I think one was a dunk and one was a a lay-in in kind of broken floor situations. That was it. Uh, so the stagnant offense obviously rests, a lot of that rests on Chris Finch. But I, you know, we need Carl Anthony Towns to be first half Carl Anthony Towns. Like if you pick up a six foul, being aggressive and the refs make a bad call or whatever, fine. And I, it's easy to say that now because the alternative is what happened. But the Wolves need Carl Anthony Towns down the stretch and it just did not work out well for Minnesota, obviously. All right, I want to do individual studs and duds um, because I said this earlier, there's a clear line in this game who played well, who didn't uh, for the Wolves. We'll do that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Twins, by the way, won again on uh, on Tuesday night. Tuesday, yep. And are seven and four, I think, in first place. So uh, go check out out MLB at FanDuel. The local team is playing well. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. We don't yet know the Wolves' opponent on Friday, but they will be favored at home. I don't know if it's the Pelicans, actually. I'm not sure. Um, They'll probably be favored by just a couple points. If it's the Thunder, I, I would bet that line's more like four and a half, five. I'm guessing. Uh, But either way, the Wolves are hosting Friday, so they should be favored. Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, individual studs and duds from Wolves-Lakers on Tuesday. Studs, obviously Carl Anthony Towns, regardless of what I spent most of the last segment talking about. He was still the best player on the floor for the Wolves in this game, all things considered. This was a really good cat game. And it's not really, like, it's not his fault that he was the one that had to shoulder everything and carry the game late for the Wolves. Uh, but, so, so like, that can't really detract from the fact that it, he was the guy. 24 points on 8 of 12 shooting. Again, just two shots in the fourth quarter in overtime. He was a perfect, I think, 6 for 6, or I think 6 for 6 at halftime. 2 of 4 on threes which means he was six of eight on two-point attempts for the game. Six of six at the line. Uh, did not attempt any free throws after halftime. By the way, 
I didn't mention this earlier. I meant to talk a little bit more. Well, we'll do officiating last. We'll do that last. So it's coming. Stick around for that. Um, 24, 11 and five for cat three blocks in this game. Two of them were early. I think one was late in the fourth quarter, but then the Lakers got an offensive rebound and scored towns did have the five fouls, but he played for a good chunk of the last, you know, quarter plus overtime with those five fouls and did not foul out just two turnovers for cat in 41 minutes to those five assists. He was passing the ball extremely well early. He was, this is crazy. I, if you listen to the show regularly, you know, I don't like single game, individual plus minus. I think there's so many, so much noise to it. There's so many factors that play into it, but it can help paint a picture. In this game, the Timberwolves had exactly one player, one player that was a positive plus minus in this game. Of course, it was Carl Anthony Towns. He was a plus 18 in a game that the Wolves lost by six without Carl Anthony Towns on the floor. Now that's, you know, late when they were playing the foul game in overtime. Of course, that added a few points to that, but a plus, or, or I, the other way around, I should say, a plus 18 in a game they lost by six. That means with without Cat on the floor, the Wolves were a minus 24, which is just insane. Every single other Timberwolves player was a minus in this game. Kyle Anderson was the worst at minus 14. Jordan McLaughlin, we'll talk about him in a minute. Minus 10 off the bench. Nate Knight in just two minutes was a minus seven. Uh, but anyway, for what that's worth, a great Cat game, a clear plus in so many ways. Um, and he deserves all of the, uh, the kind words that, that should, that did come his way during the game. It's disappointing. The wolves couldn't pull this one out um, because it, 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 it takes away from what was such a, a good start to this game and, and a generally overall solid performance from towns. Mike Conley is obviously the number two stud, like, like, 23 points, 7 of 11 shooting, 6 of 8 on three-pointers. A perfect 3 of 3 at the free-throw line. All three of those free-throws coming with 0.1 seconds left in regulation after the ill-advised Anthony Davis foul in the corner. Conley front rims the first free-throw, wills it down, and then swishes the next two with, we'll say it, ice in his veins. Four assists, four rebounds, three steals, and a block for Conley. Three turnovers. He was only a minus one, by the way. Uh, the the second best Timberwolves starter in terms of plus minus. But 23-4-4-3 will take for Mike Conley every day of the week. A really, really nice Mike performance. Um, and like I said a little bit ago, he should have been more involved down the stretch. My third stud, this one's tricky. You could go Torian Prince. You could go Kyle Anderson. I'm going to go Kyle Anderson. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if you wanted Torian Prince in that slot. I'm going to go slow-mo. 12 points, 13 assists in this one for Kyle Anderson. Four steals and four blocks, plus five rebounds. That is a line. 12, 13 assists, five rebounds, four steals, four blocks. He did have four turnovers. He committed five fouls. He played 45 minutes out of a possible 53 in this game. He did shoot just 5 of 14 from the floor, missed a couple in the paint that you'd like to see slow-mo make, forced a couple up against LeBron that were difficult shots, did not get to the line at all. I thought he should have a couple of times. Um, but really good defense, four steals and four blocks. I mean, obviously, played really good defense. I should have mentioned, by the way, a minute ago with Conley, his steal uh, that he got to give the Wolves a shot in overtime when they were down three with under 20 seconds to play that led to the Prince three that he missed. That was awesome, too. Uh, just such a good game for Conley. LeBron, I mean, he had 30, 10, and 6. 
Kyle Anderson and Torian Prince and Nikhil Alexander-Walker all did a really good job making LeBron's life at least somewhat difficult for much of this game. LeBron turned it over five times, including a couple really bad ones in the fourth quarter in overtime, like the Conley steal we just talked about on the inbounds play, where LeBron threw it. Like, I don't know how we didn't see Conley coming, and Conley tipped it away. The Wolves got a chance to tie the game, but couldn't do it. So slow-mo is, like, he was the facilitating master once again for the Wolves. 13 assists. No one else in the Wolves had more than five. A really, really good game for Kyle. I should mention Torian. He had 14 points on 5-11. It was four of seven from three. He did just miss short. Didn't quite get his feet set on that that three from the left corner, three attempt from the left corner that would have tied the game in overtime. But he played well. Three steals for Torian. Uh, given how much he had to play and guard LeBron, like you'd love him to get more than three rebounds in 43 minutes, but he had to compete defensively. I was worried. I said this on Tuesday show. I was worried about him guarding LeBron because I think Prince has struggled one-on-one like individually uh, on defense for much of the season. Um, but he was good in this game defensively. All right. Uh, duds. Man, Anthony Edwards. I like, I don't know. And, and, I'm going with the information I have. I know there were some people talking on Twitter about how perhaps he was concussed. Like, who knows? He did fall on his shoulder. It looked like his shoulder bore more of the weight of the tumble he took over Davis in the third quarter than his head did. But who knows? I mean, you can get a concussion with little more than a bump. So I I don't know. And we'll see. Hopefully that's not the case, obviously. He had nine points on three of 17 shooting. O of nine from outside the arc. Three or four at the line, eight rebounds, which was nice. He was second on the Wolves in rebounding, five assists, three three blocks, one steal, four turnovers for like two and a half quarters. And uh, I forget who it was on Twitter uh, asked me if if he was going to be. I think it might have been Tucker. Um, uh, sorry, Tucker, I forgot your your handle. Uh, whether or not. Ant, or uh, whether or not Ant would be a dud. And I said, no, I don't think he will be. He played great defensively on LeBron, especially early. Um, he's been rebounding. Like he, he's put together a relatively complete game and has done other stuff, right? You can have a bad shooting game and and bring something else to the table, which is something that like so many other stars, you know, borderline stars can't do. And that's one of the things that separates Ant and makes him a legitimately valuable player is he's such a good on-ball defender. He can facilitate. He can block shots on the weak side. He can, you know, hunt steals. Uh, jump passing lanes. He's so athletic. He uses athleticism so well. He has rebounded the ball so much better this year. He did all those things for much of this game, but for the last quarter and a half and overtime, it was like he was kind of sleepwalking um, for lack of a better way to describe how he was playing. The smile was gone. The the confidence was gone. The swagger was gone. The ability or the willingness, I should say, to, to take anybody off the dribble was gone. And he shot 317. He missed 14 shots in this game. All nine of his three-point attempts. Turned it over four times. Uh, traveled or stepped on the on the, on the the sideline late as well. Just a, a bad play there. It was a travel. Um, just not a good ant game. And, and, and yet for, again, good defense in the first half. I thought he did a good job when he was matched up with LeBron. Made things really difficult for, for James. But just not a good all-around game. And it got worse as the game went on for Anthony Edwards. My second... I'm going to do three duds because, hey, I, I thought there were a couple other players that really struggled. Jordan McLaughlin, man, in and out of the rotation here lately, played better recently, but had 10 really bad minutes split between the first and second half. No points on 0 of 5 shooting, missed all three of his three-point attempts, a couple of which were wide open. Did not register a rebound or assist 
in 10 minutes, one steal, which was a nice steal. He pickpocketed, um, I think it was Reeves. He had two turnovers in 10 minutes and an offensive foul, which was one of the turnovers. So two turnovers, zero assists. That is not a Jordan McLaughlin game that we are accustomed to seeing. It was just not a good game for J-Mac. Nate Knight, he only played two minutes. They were not a good two minutes. The Wolves were a minus seven in his minutes on the floor. Um, and uh, he missed his only shot attempt, which was an open three-point try. Did get one rebound, but like just just the drop-off from Towns tonight was so apparent. Um, I want to shout out both Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jalen Noel. They played well off the bench. Combined for 20 points on 8-12 shooting. Like It's hard to ask for anything else. Jalen Noel hadn't played in like two weeks and had played a few games before that, but had missed like a month before that. Jalen was really good in this game. Really, really good game. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 11 points, four rebounds, two assists, and a steal in 23 minutes. Uh, also played really well. So, you know, two bench players that played extremely well, two that played really poorly. A starting lineup that, for the most part, played well, except for Ant. And it adds up to a six-point loss. We don't yet know the Wolves' opponent Friday. Um, the plan for the rest of the week will, of course, do a show Thursday and kind of, I guess, further unpack everything I just tried to unpack from Tuesday night. We will try and get a crossover episode done with whoever the opponent is Friday. That if if we're able to, that likely would post. Well, maybe what? No, I guess it can't post Wednesday. We don't know the game's not till Wednesday night, so very likely it wouldn't post until you know mid morning Friday. It may it may not get done until earlier in the day, but we'll we'll try and get that knocked out so we can get some perspective from the host of either Lockdown Thunder or um, Lockdown Pelicans. So we will see how Wednesday night shapes out shakes out, shapes up, either way. Um, anyway, it's like 1 a.m. Uh, so all that will happen on Friday. Make sure that you uh, listen to the show Thursday. We'll, of course, get you you know further transition us from this Lakers game to it will also talk about what happens Wednesday in, um, in the Pelicans Thunder game as well. So uh, we'll get to all that here this week. A big thank you to those that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Um, you can watch the show on YouTube. You can listen wherever you get podcasts. You can watch on Lockdown Sports Minnesota on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves. You can also uh, follow my account at, at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, no matter what, we'll have shows Thursday and Friday. We'll do the postcast again after the game Friday. We'll stick with you through the weekend, whatever happens. And then also, no matter what happens, shows every day next week. We're still Monday through Friday unpacking whatever. If the season does, if the season does come to a close on Friday, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm just putting that out there. Hopefully it's not the case, obviously. Uh, we'll still do shows all next week and, uh, you know, go into off-season mode. But if that's not the case, we'll have a ton of fun previewing to do of what would be Wolves Nuggets, which frankly would be a really fun series. So um, anyway, lots upcoming, big week ahead. Let's turn the page. Let's get past this one. Um, a big thank you for listening to the show. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Now you can make your second listen, the Locked On Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, and every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.